This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And away we go. Hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We all saw what the Seattle Seahawks did to the New York football Giants last night to conclude week four. And there's two takeaways from that. Number one, even though Daniel Jones is paid like a franchise quarterback, he looked like the farthest thing from a franchise quarterback last night. And there's one thing when you're missing your best offensive lineman and you're missing your best playmaker in Saquon Barkley, but the fumble and then more so the interception when you were trying to get back into the game it is really unexcusable, and you see the same old mistakes just when sometimes people start to buy into Daniel Jones, pop back up, and this Giants team is going nowhere other than picking inside the top 10 of the draft. I don't think that's an overreaction four weeks into the season where this is a team that's 1-3, and three, and is anyone going to tell me right now that the New York Giants are going to go to Miami or going to go to Buffalo and beat either of those teams with the amount of points the Dolphins could put up, the amount of points the Bills could put up. I just simply do not see that. So the Giants are heading to 1-5. and five. The big question with the Giants before the year was we knew there was going to be regression. Samter kind of painted the picture yesterday. They were going to fall flat on their face. I just thought that there was going to be some slight regression for the Giants. It looks like, though, we're going to see some big-time regression here for the New York Giants, where we all knew they overachieved last year. And eventually, when you don't have a ton of talent, you could only win so many games. But this team is bottoming out, and they're bottoming out real early. And there's no encouraging things I could say because let's just be real about it. This is a football team that their one win, they were down 20-something points. And I know the Cardinals have been a gritty team this year, better than what we could expect. But the Cardinals aren't a good team. And they had to scratch and claw and be as resilient as possible to come on back and defeat the Arizona Cardinals. So the Giants are going nowhere. Now, as far as the Seahawks, my takeaway from last night with the Seahawks, where Seattle could have been viewed similarly as the Giants, where Seattle has more talent than the Giants, but was there going to be regression when you lose Russell Wilson? I know Russell Wilson's career is going the wrong way now, but is Geno Smith going to be able to be all that For another year, and this was a team that made the playoffs. Could you not only repeat that success, but could you get better next year? And through the first four weeks of the season, outside of the Rams game, this has been a a good football team that also beat the Detroit Lions, who everyone loves to praise, not only inside the NFC, but also the NFL. But I examine the Seahawks team, and I can't say this enough, because sometimes in the media, right, we get things wrong, and you crucify a coach, or you lambaste the player, and then you're proven to be wrong, and people in the media go, oh, I never said that, or it didn't happen, and you can't find the tape, blah, blah, blah. It's okay for talk show hosts, for analysts, whatever you want to call us, to admit that they got things wrong. 
And a big part of the conversation when Russell Wilson got traded was the game has passed Pete Carroll by and shame on Pete Carroll for not finding a way to fix the relationship with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were going to be a disaster. How could you trust Geno Smith? Or how could you trust Drew Locke when it was the conversation of who was going to be able to start for the Seattle Seahawks? And last year, the Seahawks with Geno Smith as their quarterback, not only did Geno win comeback player of the year, but they made the playoffs. So this year, we're all trying to figure out what the Seahawks are going to be. In the offseason, I thought they could be the third best team in the NFC. Right now, if you're listening earlier, my NFC power rankings, I have them as four, with the Eagles being one, Niners being two, Cowboys three, Seahawks four, and then the Detroit Lions being in at five. But Pete Carroll is someone that today every single talk show host and every single media platform should be praising Pete and genuflecting to him. Because two years ago, it got ugly, it got nasty, and people went after Pete Carroll and forgot how good of a coach this was. And maybe with how close Pete is to Russ and how Pete was Russ's loyal supporter for forever many years it was, if he was okay with getting rid of Russell Wilson, maybe that should have been a big message that everyone else should have said, hmm, maybe we shouldn't question Pete that much and actually trust him. And look where we are two years later. But you see the way that Pete Carroll and John Schneider have run this organization the last two years. Because it's very tough to get rid of your quarterback, your star quarterback, regardless of what you think he is, and have this success. And this is going to be a team that most likely is going to be going to the playoffs without Russell Wilson in back-to-back seasons. When Russell Wilson's in Denver and is already on his second coach in Denver, and I know people could say, oh, Russ isn't playing horribly this year. Yeah, he's he's not, stat-wise, he's not playing like he's a bad quarterback. But that team has only won one game. And the one game they won was up against the um, uh, the Chicago Bears where you had to have a comeback to do so when you were down 28-7. to And let's see what happens with the Broncos this week going up against another bad team in the New York Jets. But getting back to Pete, and I'll just throw this question out there. Is there a more impressive coach in the NFL in the last two seasons than Pete Carroll? And I was examining all the names, and I can't say that there's a coach in the last two years that has done a more impressive job than Pete Carroll. You know, Sean McDermott, great win against the Dolphins. But the last two years, your team hasn't been able to capitalize on that championship window. Mike McDaniel is up there. It's It's been one year. He made the playoffs last year. Skylar Thompson was his quarterback, and they lose to the Bills in the slimmest of margins, and the Dolphins outside of Sunday have been humming. So McDaniel's kind of in that conversation but the Dolphins have so much talent. I'm not saying Seattle doesn't have talent. They have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. But if you ask anyone around the league, would you rather have Tua or Geno Smith? It's not even close. You'd rather have Tua Tungavailoa compared to Geno Smith. You look inside the AFC West. You know, Andy Reid, we all know he's a Hall of Fame coach. He has Patrick Mahomes. What Pete Carroll has done is more impressive. And Pete Carroll didn't win a Super Bowl last year. And it's no one else in the AFC West, right? <laughs> the rest of the coaches there, jeez. You want to talk about a clown show and a comedy show. Maybe the comedy seller here in New York City should invite Brandon Staley, Sean Payton, and uh, Josh McDaniels to do the opening act before they go through their great list of comedians. In the NFC North, I'll give credit to to Harbaugh. It was a messy situation last year with Lamar Jackson. Still made the playoffs. 
with the backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley, gave the Bengals everything they could until the fact where Huntley tried to go be Michael Jordan, jumping from the two-yard line to try to get in the end zone where he fumbled the ball, and then it goes for a touchdown. Uh, Tomlin, really good coach. Stefanski, no. You know, Zach Taylor's done a heck of a job the last two years, but you think more so about Joe Burrow and Lou Anarumo before you give praise to, to Zach Taylor. Uh, AFC South, yes, Steichen and, and D'Amico Ryans have been really good, but it's their first year. Doug Peterson, heck of a job last year. And Mike Vrabel's a good coach, but you were 7-3 and three last year, and you didn't make the playoffs, and you lost all your games down the stretch. In the NFC, Sirianni's impressive. McCarthy's done a good job. You know, Brian Dayball was impressive last year, this year. He really could pull the, the carpet out from underneath them. Ron Rivera, got to make the playoffs this year. Shanahan, really impressive coach, but... This quarterback situation up until Brock Purdy has been a mess. And McVay, they're regressing. You look around here, NFC North, Campbell, give him a round of applause. We'll see what LaFleur is as a head coach. Kevin O'Connell, good one year, bad this year. NFC South, I can't pick any of those coaches yet. So you go through the entirety of the league, it's incredible to win with less. And when you have a guy like Pete Carroll, where... He's not a coach that has no talent, but you significantly declined your quarterback play in the public perception, and everyone's hammering you. Everyone's saying, retire. Oh, you should be fired at the end of the year if this doesn't work out. He got it right. And it just shows you, like we talk about great organizations, and there's some organizations like right away, oh, Patriot, great organization. Oh, the Ravens, a great organization. The Steelers, a great organization. The 49ers, a great organization. Like, there's just some teams that we talk about. Philadelphia, a great organization. Where the teams roll right off the tip of the tongue. Seattle is a great organization. What the Seahawks have done for the last decade is really impressive. And I know they went to two Super Bowls. They won one, and then they should have won another. And Pete Carroll and Darryl Bevel made an idiotic decision. But in the second chapter, after losing a franchise legend... Because the franchise legend said, I want to be more of an icon. I want to be more of a celebrity than an actual quarterback. You know that the public's going to turn on you and they're going to hold you accountable, Pete Carroll, if you don't get it right. And the Seahawks have got it right. And if you would have told me three years ago, Zach, you'd be on a national radio show and you would be talking confidently about Geno Smith. I would have never believed you in a million years. But here we are where you had a team that has a very likable coach and they saw their coach getting dragged through the mud publicly and all they've done has won since then. And I know you could say, oh, they haven't won a Super Bowl or they haven't won a division championship. But they've been to the playoffs with Geno Smith as their quarterback. The Seahawks made Geno Smith the comeback player of the year in the NFL. And now this year, where we see teams like the Vikings have a strong season and the Giants have a strong season, and now they're bottoming out in the second year of Brian Dayball and Kevin O'Connell. Pete Carroll in the second year without Russell Wilson is excelling. He's a coach right now that is and 3-1. With the defense, when you look at what John Schneider did in the draft in working with Pete Carroll, a defense the last two years that drafted really well getting a cornerback in the fifth round, and then with the fifth overall pick, taking a cornerback as well. I know we haven't seen the success yet offensively, but I believe Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be a good wide receiver. You have Tyler Lockett, who's an incredibly 
underrated wide receiver in the NFL. DK Metcalf, thank you for the anytime touchdown money last night. We appreciate that. But he's a stud. And then you have two really good young running backs in Zach Charbonnet and then also Kenneth Walker. And here's the other thing. Look at Pete Carroll where you could say, Zach, that's a lot of talent that you just have. And you're talking about this guy as if he's like one of the great football coaches. How many teams this year have we complained about their offensive line? The Seattle Seahawks have had a bunch of injuries. They had to call Jason Peters out of retirement. I thought, you know, that guy felt like he retired five years ago. He keeps on popping up on teams, whether it's Dallas or Chicago, and now Seattle. That offensive line has been injured. That offensive line has had question marks. And this team is still 3-1. and one. Pete Carroll keeps on performing, and he keeps on exceeding expectations. And in the last two years, I can't think of a coach, considering the circumstances, that has done a more impressive job than Pete Carroll. And usually when we talk about like the best coach in the league, forever it was Belichick. Now Belichick right, isn't getting the job done in New England. Andy Reid started to take that number one spot. You look at Sean McVay. He's been under consideration as well, especially after he won a Super Bowl. You know, in other years, it's been Tomlin. It's been Harbaugh. When you talk about the top five coaches in the, in the league, you know, Sirianni's on his way. Kyle Shanahan has done a really good job as well. There's a bunch of names. And I think if this continues, where maybe Pete Carroll wins a playoff game, we may be looking at this this time next year where we say Pete Carroll's the best coach in football entering the 2024 season. But right now, as far as I'm willing to go, he's the most impressive coach in the NFL right now. Because I would have never thought, after getting rid of Russell Wilson, that you would be on pace to make the playoffs in back-to-back years. And I would actually trust what the Seahawks are doing with Geno Smith as their quarterback. Zach Gelp here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. If you want to chime in on a conversation on who's the most impressive coach in the NFL. We got phone lines open for you. You could always interact with me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Uh, Santer, you, you got something to say? They look like you're, you're, you're itching to say something. Listen, I love Pete Carroll. He's a former Jets defensive coordinator, and he mm-hmm. you know, wasn't great as a coach there, but he was a former Jet. I have a place in my heart for Pete Carroll. But there's two guys that you're missing. Okay. And I know that maybe because of what's going on this year, it's easy to overlook Zach Taylor. But I mean, what he's done in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mentioned him. Bringing them to a Super Bowl, AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. That's the guy to me, in my head, that I think has done the best job. Because the expectations for the Bengals were so low. And what he's done with that team. Now we look back, we're like, oh, of course, they're great. The Bengals are fantastic. And yeah, they're off to a rough start now. But two years ago, when they went to the Super Bowl, they were picked to finish last in that division. But, but here's the thing. I'm not saying Zach Taylor's a bad football coach. When I look at the Seahawks, I don't see a Joe Burrow on that team. When I look at the Bengals, I see Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hendrickson's very good defensively. I give Zach Taylor credit, right? Made the right hire in Lou Anarumo as well, who should be a head coach in this league. I'm not taking away from Taylor, but he's not one of the first people that you think of. With the Seahawks, the first person you think of is Pete Carroll. Sure. And then here's the second one that... To me, just stands this out. This is an egregious miss, you're saying. Not an egregious miss. A swing this, and a miss. This is a guy where like, you want to talk about, okay, you think about the team, you think about the coach, mm-hmm. and what he's done. You got Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. He's not only, he's working with Jared Goff. I'll, for the most part, I'll take Daniel Smith over Jared Goff most days. 
And when you think about the Lions and that franchise yep. and how moribund they've been, he's not only turning around a team, he's turning around a franchise. Sure. A team, a franchise that has a loser mentality, a loser history, one playoff win in 40 years or whatever the number is. They are a joke, and he's turned them into a team that believes in themselves, that has confidence, yep. that the country mm-hmm. is rallying behind, and they don't yep. have a star quarterback there either. Dan Campbell has turned that franchise around. I think Dan Campbell, to me, if the Lions continue on this trajectory... Which they have to do. Yes, will surpass Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. And it's just fair to point out that Pete Carroll did beat Dan Campbell a few weeks ago. 37-31 in overtime. You're not wrong, though, in terms yes. of how good of a coach Dan yes. Campbell has been. Yes. But let's see them make the playoffs first. Let's see them win the division going away first. And yep. right now, it looks like they've set themselves up to do that. All righty, Zach Gelb here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back. Big game for Georgia this weekend. They look vulnerable uh, with the way that they've played up against uh, South Carolina and Auburn. They welcome in one of the more underrated coaches in the country. And Mark Stoops is actually going to join us tomorrow. But... First up, we will have Aaron Murray, the former Georgia quarterback and now college football analyst. He'll join us when we return in five minutes right here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We continue. This is Zach Gelb Show, Coast to Coast on CBS Sports Radio, continuing to go through the college football season. Let's go out to the guest line right now and welcome in the former Georgia quarterback. Big matchup this weekend, Georgia up against Kentucky. And you can find Darren Murray all over the place, ESPN, Sirius, and the volume. And he's kind enough to join us right now. Aaron, appreciate the time as always. How you been? Good, man. Appreciate you. We're we're in, in, in the thick of a very entertaining college football season. It is uh, it's wide open, man, which is which is exciting. It it kind of feels 
closer to the NFL product. I know there's a lot of college football fans that kind of are a little disturbed with some of the direction we're going with NIL, the transfer portal, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think you can complain with how exciting each Saturday has been because of some of these new rule changes. And um, I think the, the, the future for college football is pretty bright. So uh, it should be another great weekend of, of, of some great action. Yeah, it's so funny where we're at with your program because we know they're the kings of college football. And now it's not just win. You got to win with style points. And that hasn't yeah. been the case with South Carolina and Auburn. When you look at Georgia right now through the first few weeks of the season, where's your confidence level at with them? Not as high as it's been for the past couple of years. And I think that's kind of the sentiment among Georgia, the Georgia faithful right now. There are some question marks. And and I guess I, I'll give one big excuse. And Kirby kind of hit this coming out of camp. They had a really bad camp in, in the sense of not like it wasn't competitive or they didn't feel good about their players, but they got banged up. It was a very and, and that's that's the one thing that you always talk about with elite teams. Like what will hold a team back from winning a championship that has the tip the type of talent that Georgia has? The first thing is injuries. Can you stay healthy? And, you know, that that will derail a season uh, right away. And and it hasn't yet. I mean, they're still five and oh, they're undefeated, they're finding ways to win football games, but they have yet to be healthy. Lad McConkey, their best receiver, uh finally played this weekend versus Auburn, but in limited snaps. Uh, one of their best offensive linemen, Mims, has been out for three weeks. They've been shuffling the offensive line around. So uh, the running back position has been banged up. Edwards has only played two games. Kendall Kendall Milton's only played a couple games. So I think they're 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 trying to just survive right now as guys work their way back to being able to compete week in and week out uh, in an SEC type SEC schedule. So that I'll, I think you'll see improvement once those once all those guys are on the field. But they're not as dominant in the trenches. And if you think about Georgia football over the past two years, like why is Georgia one? Well, they've kicked everyone's butt the line of scrimmage. Two years ago, Jordan Davis and company and Nolan Smith. Last year, Jalen Carter, and, and we're seeing him what he's doing in the NFL right now for Philadelphia, was an absolute terror. They don't have that guy on, def- on the defensive line spot right now. They're, they're not getting after the quarterback uh, as consistently as, as years past, and they're not running the ball as consistently as, as they have in years past either. So um, like I said, part of that's to do with injuries, especially in the offensive line. But I just think playing simple, they're just not as dominant in the interior as we're used to seeing it. How about the quarterback? What is Aaron Murray's evaluation of Carson Beck so far? I think he's great, man. Like I, there, there's so many fans. It just drives me crazy. And I think the problem is when you watch a game, you watch just in the box. Like that's all you're seeing. You're not watching, and, and it's unfortunate. I would love for more fans to get the all twenty-two and be able to get the access to see, plan, and play out what what truly is going on on the back end. I think he's been awesome this entire season. He's taking care of the football. He's he's getting the ball out of his hands. He's not taking sacks. I, he's doing a better job these past two weeks of taking some more shots down the field. But in crunch time. Because that was a big thing. Like in, in, in close games in the past couple of years, Stetson Bennett has found a way to win football games. Does Carson Beck have that in his DNA? And I think based on what we've seen in, in the second half for South Carolina and then the, the game-winning drive versus Auburn on the road, a quality defense, hostile environment, uh, he, he did not flinch for a single second. There was not a moment watching the game versus Auburn that I felt like this kid is 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 going to lose it. He doesn't have command of the offense. He's the, the moment's too big for him. You could tell by his demeanor in the pocket and the throws he was making, the type of the 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 way in which the ball was coming out of his hands. This kid's got it. 
This kid's got 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 th- that juice you need and crunch time to go out there and win, and he's done that. So I think he's had a hell of a start to the season, and I think he's only going to get better and better uh, as we get further along. This is a really fun matchup, Aaron Murray, on Saturday. Mark Stoops is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1, no confidence, 10, the most confidence in the world. Where's the confidence level at with Georgia going up against Kentucky that they'll find a way to get the job done? I, I think being at home helps. Um, and then I know there's a big worry of like, oh, my gosh, Auburn ran the ball over Georgia last week, you know, at over 200 yards. The first time it's happened in five years or four years, whatever it's been. And, you know, look at Ray Davis and, 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 and you know, just how good the big blue wall was last week for Florida. Oh, my gosh. Two very different running style offenses. Auburn did a great job of essentially creating a triple option style attack where Robbie Ashford was running well, Payne Thorne was running well. Uh, it was it was it was it was a modern day triple option, plain and simple. Hugh Freeze had an incredible game plan. Hugh Freeze took over the play calling last week, uh, and, and and Philip Montgomery just assisted the OC there. And I thought he did a great job getting on the edges. Obviously, did a great job of incorporating the quarterback, adding that extra uh, blocker with the running back, giving Georgia a lot to handle. You know, that's what the triple option does. You have to worry about the dive. You have to worry about the quarterback. You have to worry about the pitch, and it's just really tough. Kentucky's more traditional. Kentucky is, 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 yeah, the offense line has looked improved from where they were last year. Ray Davis is a hell of a running back, but you're going to get the traditional running schemes, which I think is a little bit easier for a defense to kind of handle that. So I think that will be more manageable on that side of the football. But Kentucky's a really good football team. Like, I love what they can do. I think their defense can get after you. I think they're talented on the back end. Um, Devin Leary has not clicked yet. Is this the game where he clicks? You've seen a couple moments here or there, but nothing special in the passing game. But you look at them, you're like, all right, you had a quarterback like Devin, who we, we saw two years ago was dominant NC State. You got receivers like Robinson and Barry and Brown and Dane Key and, and Jordan Dingle at the tight end position. Like you should be good throwing the football. Once again, it just has not come together for Kentucky. So I think for Georgia fans, you're hoping that it's not this week where all of a sudden they're, they're able to run the ball with Ray Davis. And then on top of that, be able to play action, take some shots down the field. So um, we'll see. But I, I still think Georgia fans feel pretty confident that they can take care of business first Kentucky this weekend at home. Do you trust either Alabama or AM when they go up against one another this week? Because Bama, the quarterback situation has been a mess. And now Wegman's done for the year for the Aggies. I love Max Johnson. Like I'll start there first. Like Max, to me, you go back a couple of years ago, what he was doing at LSU yeah. on a not very good LSU football team. I was like, man, this kid's got it. He was a young kid making a lot of big time throws and 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 has a lot of talent. Good size, good arm straight, throws with anticipation, or it's gotten better throwing with anticipation. And he's athletic. He he can beat you with his legs too. And he's shown that over the course of his career. So I don't think it was an upgrade. With Wegman, obviously he was a starter, but I don't think it was a downgrade either. I think what you thought about AM prior to the injury is how you should view AM, you know, with Max Johnson as your quarterback now. So uh, that, that's you have two really good quarterbacks. And, and I know AM feels pretty good about that going forward. I've been impressed since that USF game, though, with Alabama flipping it over to that side with, with now what their mentality is. It's, it's we are going to just run the damn football. Because they're 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 a really good defense, man. They're they're big, they're fast, they're physical on that side of the football. Just don't force Jalen to throw the ball more than twenty times in a game. I think if if A and M could put them into a situation where he's having to be in known passing downs, 
advantage A and M. So the, it's, it's all going to be first, first and second down success, plain and simple. You have, I think, the most physical offensive line who's great at run protection, not great at pass protection, great at run run pro, going against one of the best, if not best, front six, front sevens in college football. A and M is big; they're faster, physical uh, up front. It was that wasn't what beat them versus Miami. It was more the secondary. And 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 we're starting to give Miami some more respect when it comes to throwing the football this year. So it's going to be a battle. It is going to be an all-out war. Alabama's offensive line, AM's defensive line. Can Alabama get to third and and five and under? Can AM hold them to third and six plus? That's going to be determining of, of what this ball game is going to be when it's all said and done. When we get to Red River between Oklahoma and Texas, Aaron Murray, is it horns up this week or horns down? I think it's horns up. I, I I think I like Oklahoma what they've done this year. And it's funny if you look at the the the, the stats of breaking down everything of offensive production, defense production. You know, Oklahoma is is like one, Texas is two in that conference, but Oklahoma hasn't really played anyone yet either. So they've done what they've needed to do against lesser competition. But to Texas is more battle proven right now. Like went into Tuscaloosa, won that football game. Wyoming's four and one. Yeah. Like, like you kind of like, like, oh, they, they barely escaped the way, you know, they had to have a great fourth quarter to beat Wyoming. Wyoming's four and one and beat Texas Tech. That's a good football team. It's Down really 17 too, team. Wyoming was when they yeah, beat them. Yeah. So, and then you beat Kansas. I know Kansas didn't have their quarterback last week, but they still, you have two ranked wins on your resume. I think Texas is better at more positions. They're more physical in the interior. I just don't think Oklahoma has faced a team that can punch them in the mouth. That can get after can get after Dylan Gabriel, and I think it's going to be somewhat tough sledding. But I think Oklahoma is a good team. Like I, I don't think Texas is just going to roll. I think this is a, a a single digit game. I think Oklahoma has the personnel. I think in year two with Venables, you're seeing that defense play more fundamentally sound football. They're not as talented as Texas, but they also do a lot on that side of the football to to create havoc. Different fronts, four down fronts, three down fronts, bare fronts, exotic blitzes. Danny Stutzman at linebacker has had a hell of a season. So, like, they do things to 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 take advantage schematically of of maybe not being as physical as what Texas is. But I still think at the end of the day, Texas is a better football team. Texas has the better quarterback. Texas has the better receivers. They got the run game going right now. Uh, I do think horns up, like you alluded to, when it's all said and done. Last thing I'll ask you: when we look at the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Aaron Murray, who do you have as the best team right now in the Pac-12 or the best team in the Big Ten? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. St- I'll go. Michigan first in the Big Ten. Um, I think they're they're the more complete, the most complete team. And finally, they they Nebraska is not a great football team, but it was a, a a a defense that at least was one of the best defenses. And 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 being able to stop the run this year, they kind of just ran right through them. JJ McCarthy's taking his game to another level. So I, I like Michigan. In that conference, I, I I don't buy Penn State. I think Penn State's a bunch of frauds. Wow. I think Penn State's going to be ten and two when it's all said and done. They 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 have no explosive plays on the offense. They they're not running the ball well. They don't have elite receivers. I like their quarterback, but he's not a superstar right now in, in this point of his career, and he doesn't have the support. Like, I don't think they can score against Ohio State or Michigan. Like, they're going to be ten and two once again this year. They got a great defense, but their offense lacks explosive plays. Um, and they have to go on the road to Ohio State, and Michigan's just better than them. So Penn State will be two and zero or, or ten and two when it's all said and done. Um, so I like Michigan out of the Big Ten. Uh, Pac twelve, I like Oregon. I like Washington. USC doesn't have that dog in them. I think when when push comes to shove, Oregon has shown me this year that they want to beat you down. 
USC to me does not have that feeling. They feel like they're a little bit soft. They're just happy to be out there. They're happy that they got Caleb, but they don't got that dog in them, man. They don't. We saw this week versus Colorado. You you watch both tapes. Oregon wanted to embarrass Colorado. Oregon wanted to to make them quit. USC doesn't have that. And when you if you want to win a championship, you have to have that dog like mentality. USC doesn't. Oregon does. So I give them the advantage. He's Aaron Murray. Does a great job. ESPN, Sirius, the volume. You catch him everywhere. The former Georgia quarterback. Aaron, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this as always. Appreciate you. Have a great week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, we continue. This is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio, wrapping up shop on this Tuesday. As you can catch me on an interim basis now from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, noon to 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on CBS Sports Radio. Make sure you give us a follow. Instagram, Twitter, at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. We'll continue to pump out a lot of content from today's show and through all the shows. And also, you could use that Odyssey app and have a free rewind of the show for the next 24 hours. But if you missed any of the segments and maybe you go past 24 hours or you're not able to use the Odyssey app, you go right to the link in my bio of my Twitter and Instagram page and we archive all the segments for you. But we do this segment every Tuesday in football season and it's to kind of take a look at the week that was and maybe there are some overreactions or proper reactions from this past week in the NFL. So let's get to it right now. Another NFL week is complete, which means it's another week to freak out about your favorite team. Which takes are truly crazy. But sometimes a game can be so bad, it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? And which are so crazy, they might be right. He's 6'5", he's 245 pounds. He's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Zach lets you know in this week's edition of Overreaction or Proper Reaction. All righty, Sam, what do we got cooking here, my friend? All right, well, let's start our first ever Overreaction, Proper Reaction. The Bengals are used to slow starts, losing their first two games last year and starting 5-4 and four in 2021 before making that run to the Super Bowl. 
However, this year does feel a little bit different for the 1-3 Bengals as Joe Burrow is 27th in the league in passing yards and 28th with just two touchdown passes. It's very odd to see these scores in like 50 yards passing at halftime. It's nuts. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Bengals are in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah, they are. And here's why. Because for the next two weeks, they have to win. And I don't think Arizona is this phenomenal team, but they've been in every game that they've played this year. And the week after that, it's Seattle. And right now, Seattle's just better than the Cincinnati Bengals. So they have to win these next two weeks to get to 3-3. Three and three. And even if they do so, then coming out of that bye, because they have a bye week in week seven, they're at San Francisco, and they have the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. This is a brutal start for the Bengals. It's a slow start. I know last year they were able to fight out of an 0-2 hole and still get to the AFC Championship game. But when you look at their schedule the rest of the way, it's Arizona, it's Seattle, it's San Francisco, it's Buffalo, the Texans, the Ravens on a short week in Baltimore on Thursday Night Football, the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Vikings, the Steelers, Kansas City, and Cleveland. There's a lot of tough games there, and they're already behind the eight ball at one and three. So for me to expect to everything to go perfect, then to get back to the playoffs, I can't believe I'm saying this, but right now I would say that the Bengals are going to miss the playoffs and they're in danger of doing so. So I believe that's a proper reaction. Well, the Vikings have won 13, sorry, I'm sorry. The Vikings won 13 games last year, but started 0-3 this year before squeaking out a win over the winless Panthers on Sunday. Kirk Cousins, however, he is rolling. He's on pace for over 5,000 yards and nearly 50 touchdowns. Isn't that crazy? I know. Well, I mean, after, what, three weeks or two weeks, he was on pace for 6,000 yards. It was nuts. Yeah, he had over 700 yards passing in the first two weeks of the season. Crazy. Last week, And they were 0-2. Last week, we heard his wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, vent frustration about trade talks involving Cousins and other players on the team. Tired of people saying, you know, we're, we're looking into next season, or, you know, all of the trades and stuff like that. We're, we're focused still on this season. Uh, we have a lot more games to go, and we have a lot more things to accomplish this season. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins. I think it's very easy for people to say trade Kirk Cousins because we look at it and we go, oh, the Vikings are going nowhere. Kirk Cousins in the final year of his deal. So just ship him on out and get what you could get for him because you probably don't want to bring him back next year. But with that being said, if this year ends up being a disaster and once Kirk Cousins gets traded, you're not getting Justin Jefferson the ball and the backup quarterback is incapable of getting Justin Jefferson the numbers that he wants, then maybe Justin Jefferson gets tired with the organization and Justin Jefferson says, oh, you didn't pay me. The previous offseason, I'm going to play this out and then eventually a few years from now, move on from your team. So because of that reason and that reason only, I would say the Vikings should not trade Kirk Cousins. So when you say the Vikings should trade Kirk Cousins, I believe that is an overreaction. After making the playoffs as a rookie, Mac Jones has regressed in New England and has been benched multiple times the past two seasons for Bailey Zappi. Now the Pats are one and three, just lost two defensive stars, and Jones has already thrown four picks in just 146 pass attempts. So overreaction, proper reaction, the Patriots should draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2024 draft. Oh, that's a proper reaction right now because the Patriots are going to be a bad team this year. And I said going into this season that I didn't believe in my football team. And I look at this squad, just where are they great? Even on defense. And now they just lost Christian uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon. And we don't know when they're going to return. 
that defense wasn't great. That defense was good. And a lot of times, and that's you'll learn this about me. That's my biggest gripe. People say everything's great. Something could be good and not great. That Patriots defense is just good. Maybe very good, but it isn't great. And then offensively, yeah, you bring in Bill O'Brien this year, but where are the weapons for Mac Jones? And Mac Jones has had horrible decision-making. But you look at the offensive weapons, like Ezekiel Elliott's getting a ton of carries. Right? You have Ramondre Stevenson, who's solid. But then when you look at the wide receivers, there's nothing that intimidates you. Kendrick Bourne doesn't intimidate you. Devontae Parker doesn't intimidate you. There's no wide receivers here that make you shake in your boots if you're a defender. So this team's going to be picking in the top 10. And if you're picking in the top 10 after wasting the first three years of Mac Jones, and let's say you have the fifth pick or the sixth pick in the draft, whatever it may be, and a Michael Penix Jr. is there, Shador Sanders is there, I don't know if Drake May is still going to be available. Clearly, you'd love to get the number one overall pick and get Caleb Williams. The Patriots won't be that bad. If there's a quarterback there that you say, I have to have and I have to covet, you draft that quarterback, but Bill needs to learn this time around, because I do believe Bill Belichick will still be the coach, that you have to put your young quarterback in a better position to succeed, and you don't have Tom Brady anymore, and he failed to recognize that with Mac Jones, with the garbage at offensive coordinator last year, and then this year, getting an OC, but not getting actual wide receivers for Mac to throw the football to. So the Patriots draft a QB in the first round of the 2024 draft. Yeah, they're in the top 10. It's something you have to consider. That's a proper reaction. So fifth-round rookie wideout Puka Nakua is lighting it up for the Rams, reeling in a league-best 39 passes for 501 yards, which stands second in the NFL behind just Justin Jefferson. On top of all that, the BYU alum's first touchdown reception was the game-winner in OT last week in Indy. So overreaction, proper reaction, Puka Nakua will be a top-five receiver in the NFL. I love Puka Nakua. Love him. Love, 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 love. But a top five receiver in the NFL, that's an overreaction. Let's settle down a little bit, especially with Cooper Cup coming back. Now, Puka Nakua will still be a force, but he's not going to be as dominant once Cooper Cup gets back onto the field. A top five wide receiver. I know we're all delirious with the Puka Nakua love. Uh, Yeah, that's not going to end up happening. All right, last one. Josh McDaniels, Stu's favorite coach. Hmm. Actually, you know what? It's probably better if Stu reads this one because I want to hear the pain in his voice. Oh, that's not nice. That's very not nice from a Jets fan. Well, former Jets fan. Chiefs, baby. Let's go, AFC Uh, West. At least Stu is loyal. I can't say the same for (laughs) Samter. All right. Well, Josh McDaniels. Wow, you really sound depressed here. (laughs) Is driving the Hold on. Can we pick up the energy a little bit? Let's get the people going. This is a radio show. We got three minutes left. I need some energy from Stuart Kovacs. Not... Oh, okay, we're here, Josh McDaniels. Do and my the Raiders. Bill Belichick. They uh, suck. Impersonation. Bill, everything's terrible. The Raiders suck. Like a little energy, please. Well, he is driving the Raiders, my Raiders, <laughs> straight into the ground. Uh, after going six and eleven last year, the Raiders are now one and three, and McDaniels keeps making terrible play calling decisions. This is painful. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> after Sunday's loss, fans called him for for him to be fired. And defending rushing champion Josh Jacobs, which McDaniels refuses to utilize, uh, kind of took a shot at McDaniels. Yeah, man, stupid, stupid. We do it to ourselves. Just undisciplined, un- undisciplined football. This league is it's, it's too competitive, and there's too many guys that's good out there to go in there and you know and not do the little things right. All right, Zach. So overreaction or proper reaction? McDaniels will be the first coach fired this season. Um, that's an overreaction. 
He should be. But I don't think Mark Davis is going to get rid of him this year. As bad as this is, I'm I'm very sorry, Stu. Like, I feel horrible saying this. But you know he's going to be back next year because they just paid John Gruden all that money because they, in like an idiotic fashion, gave him 10 years, $100 million on that contract, even though Gruden said if it didn't work out, he would give all the money back, and look how that ended up working. But Mark Davis kind of has that cheap tag associated to him, and with Brady now getting into the organization, I really do believe they're going to give McDaniels another year, so I don't think that's going to happen in season, so that's a overreaction uh, from me. Alrighty, that is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Fun show today. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for calling, listening, and tweeting into the show. Big thanks to Michael Samter and Stuart Kovacs. And also have to thanks, uh, give thanks to our two guests today, and Nico Collins from the Houston Texans. What a story they are at 2-2. Two and two, And he's off to a tremendous start. Had over 150 yards receiving last week and had the two touchdowns at one big reception of 50-plus yards. And also would like to thank Aaron Murray, who just joined us uh, about 20 minutes ago, where he said Penn State is fraudulent this year. I look at the Big Ten, I actually think Penn State's the second best team. I think they're slightly better than Ohio State. Michigan is one. And then a little mixed confidence with Georgia. Likes the quarterback in Carson Beck, but looks at the team this year and knows they're not as dominant as they've been the last two years. So fun show today. I'd like to thank each and every one of you. Whether you're listening to us on the radio, Sirius XM, the Odyssey app, or interacting on YouTube, we'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Have a great night, everybody. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 